0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the weekly catch-up podcast with Carson Gibbons
1: and Bradley Colvin.
0: Bradley, how are you doing this week?
1: Oh man, I'm doing well. Just uh, fresh off of coming back from some English teacher workshops and I was finally back in my classroom today, feeling good.
0: What'd they do with your kids while you were...
1: Oh, they just gave them some sub and gave them some worksheets. You know how it goes. Substitute? Absolutely. Okay, interesting. My students said they missed me, though, so that's a good sign. I well, must be doing something right.
0: I imagine that some teachers would live for um, getting to get off campus and go to a, a, an off-site retreat of sorts.
1: Yeah, I am not one of those teachers, man. I, I love being in my classroom. I hate missing work. A lot of times it's more work to miss work, like just prepping and making sure the sub has everything that they need. So I was happy to be back in the classroom.
0: Well, it's good to hear. Um, How are you is, doing? This is much needed. We need a, a little therapy session with our podcast here. And uh, before we get too much further, I uh, wanted to just thank everybody joining us for episode number two of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items. You can now find us online at weeklycatchuppodcast.com. And you can also search for us on all of the major platforms, Anchor, uh, Stitcher, um, Spotify. Uh, iTunes. We're live on all of those platforms now, so please go rate, subscribe, share with your friends whenever you hear these podcasts. We really appreciate the support, and as always, we greatly welcome your feedback. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Carson C. Gibbons or Carson Gibbons, depending on the platform. Brad?
1: And I am on Twitter as Humble Brad B-R-A-V-D. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> if we can go back to episode number one really quick, um, <laughs> we, I didn't clarify this at the time, but you go, uh, my Twitter handle is humble Brad with a V. And I realized that was so murky. Nobody's going to be able to find you yep. based off of that recommendation at all. That's the goal. It's like that. What was that Adam Sandler movie where he goes, it, it's Stanley with yeah. a V.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I will say I was, I talked about how I was so worried that my students would find me. And I kid you not two days after we recorded that episode, I had some students text me saying that they found my Twitter, and that was just my nightmare. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be changing it soon. I'm sure. What
0: they do with it? Do they follow? Oh, Did you follow
1: back? No, they didn't follow me or anything. They were just going down and commenting on some of my tweets, but it's all good. I, I wasn't as embarrassed as I thought I'd be.
0: Your Twitter is rated R in terms of cleverness, like the the adult puns. The it's well thought out stuff uh, on very current. Relevant topics, but it's it's presented in a PG presentation layer. I would
1: Absolutely, say. yeah. I, I try, you know, I keep it clean. I, you know, I'm a teacher. I you know, I try to be a good role model, but also uh, enjoy joking around here and there.
0: My Twitter presence has become completely confused recently <laughs> because I was on Twitter way back in the day, didn't really have an appreciation for it. Rejoined when I started my my technology startup back in 2016, uh, just kind of as a, you know, you have to be present on that platform if you're trying to reach developers or, you know, really be on the cusp of anything. I've come to actually enjoy it probably more than any other social channel since re-adopting it in 2016. But for the longest time, I couldn't, you know, wax eloquent on politics or new rap news or any of the things that you and I would catch up on, um, like on a podcast like this. But um, I was mainly tweeting about API-driven uh, technology items. That... Way
1: over my head. But I tried to retweet you when, <laughs> when I could just to yeah. show support. You retweeted
0: me on the milestone-related items, which right. was always appreciated. But now there's like a distinct line uh, from when I left the company <laughs> where it's yeah. like, hey, go go check out this article. And, and now it's like, here's me in the mountains. Here's a picture. Here's the first personal photos I've, I've really shared that weren't work or startup related.
1: And they're beautiful photos. Now I am actively looking for you on the timeline. So it's good to have you back.
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting too because I'm getting more love from, you know, the personal followers that I have on Twitter. Right. Uh, the interesting thing has been I got a tweet from a developer earlier today congratulating my friends on their recent engagement. I, I posted a photo of it. And he's always known me from my startup days, mm-hmm. and so it was interesting to kind of see some of the crossover. Sometimes that uh, people will continue to support you, and then on the other hand, I've I've gone to several key kind of investor types or yeah. um, different Silicon Valley type people that have unfollowed me in the midst of my my departure. So that part has stung a little bit, but right. um, it's just interesting to see how your groups and your peer groups, like the the new plateau or you know stratosphere that you're trying to break into that's so dynamic and it's always changing
1: absolutely I mean people come and go you know you can just tweet one thing about a certain uh, political reference like you were saying about me I tend to make jokes and poke fun at, at whoever but you know you can make somebody upset and they'll unfollow you but then you'll gain other followers they they come and go
0: that's my genuine favorite thing is whenever I see that a tweet has gone viral from somebody that just frankly looks inbred and in, you know <laughs> the middle of the country and you know maybe Trump Jr retweeted it or something I love to go to that person's profile and when they still only have 111 followers and like the next oh, tweet yeah. is like oh man I blew up you know <laughs> that's my favorite yeah. is finding perfect. those people
1: perfect uh, yeah they just catch a stroke of good luck or have a good joke, but uh, nothing ever really comes from it.
0: I My drafts folder is probably full of political tweets that you know, I felt like I could take a stand that was arbitrary enough that I could get away with it, or maybe it was on the side of common sense. And looking back, I'm glad that I didn't post because everything is too nuanced for just a Twitter discussion per se.
1: Right, you don't typically get to lay out exactly how you're feeling about something, or they can't tell if and when you're joking, and uh, it's it's really a hot-button to press. People get really sensitive.
0: Yeah. Have you followed the uh, Jack Dorsey podcasts at all on the Joe Rogan experience this year? I have not. Oh, those are fascinating. I would highly recommend. He comes on the first time and... Uh, It's just him and Joe, and they basically talk back and forth, and and Joe got some apparent backlash because people didn't think that he went hard enough on some of the conservative censorship items, the shadow banning, like, some of the things that certain groups have maybe experienced more than others. Uh, But they had a a good, lively discussion, and then Jack agreed to come back. And Joe announced that, that, you know, Jack was willing to come back, and I was like, sure he is, you know. (laughs) Then he shows back up with, you know, the main... Uh, general counsel for Twitter and Joe gets this guy named Tim Poole who is he's like this um, independent journalist that just worked seven days a week for years on his YouTube channel covering different things like Antifa and different social injustices and you know all the different hot topics uh, across America today and for whatever reason he was the most enlightened voice in Joe Rogan's mind to kind of be the counter debate to to Jack and the lawyer. Okay. And it's just fascinating because I understand for the majority of Americans that you know Twitter is this big nameless, faceless organization that you assume millions of people work at or hundreds of thousands. And having been in Silicon Valley and kind of the technology startup space, I, I recognize more than ever, that no, it's just a group of people that started some software and kind of threw it out there and oh. iterated based off of user feedback. But the users are in the hundreds of millions for these large social media platforms. So it, it's an un- uncontrollable beast. I think that a lot of it is, you know, the amount of responsibility that, you know, these companies are being tasked with now, in some ways, is kind of laughable when you think about it from the perspective that. You know, other people open up their stall for business in the mornings and then they go home at night. But these products, you know, that have been set up to run 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all of humanity. I mean, how can any team manage that?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, you know, anytime that Instagram or Twitter goes down, there's a massive wide freak out. You check the hashtags to see um, if it's just your Twitter that's down and uh, you try to figure out what's going on. and you become accustomed to all of these apps working at your fingertips um, and you forget that you know there's people trying to help it run in the background and uh, sometimes that still fails.
0: The other day my Facebook went down uh, so I navigate over to Twitter and I'm just looking trending and the exactly. number one thing is hashtag Facebook down and I'm like we didn't have these conversations 20 years ago you know
1: Absolutely
0: like not. this uh, social this social network of information, I think about it whenever I'm road tripping and using maps and I'm oblivious. Uh, I was on my way back from uh, White Sands National Monument in New Mexico the other day and got pulled over by one of Texas's finest, <laughs> a nice state trooper uh, who wanted to inform me that he didn't have me on radar, but uh, he knew I was going over the speed limit and that it was bad. Interesting. So he was going to give me a warning, except I almost got a ticket for my attitude towards this fine gentleman.
1: That's unsurprising.
0: (laughs) So I get pulled over on every single road. I've probably been pulled over three dozen times in my life now.
1: Wow, that's impressive.
0: And completely clean record, not even a bad driving record. Um, Equally impressive. Yeah, anyway. uh, My point in telling you that was that I got pulled over. What was my point in telling you that?
1: Uh, we're talking about maps, Google Maps. Oh,
0: thank you. Uh, he, so this state trooper is referencing the point in the road that he knew my infraction had occurred at. And he's like, yeah, it happened back at the corner of 380. and Bo-. I was like, dude, my map says to go on this road for th- the next 300 miles. I'm flooring it and just, yeah. you know, taking a siesta, yeah. man. I'm watching a <laughs> podcast right now.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, um, I didn't take as long of a trip, but I was in Austin this past weekend. And coming back, there was a huge wreck in Waco. And it just diverted me, and I avoided an hour-long uh, traffic session due to backup and some accidents. So, uh, you know, it's a blessing and a curse to have these things.
0: No, it's mainly a blessing in my, in my opinion. My main thought was just if the power grid ever goes down, if I don't have a fresh charge on my iPhone, I'm helpless because... Then comes the curse. <laughs> yeah, the we don't even take maps. You, do you remember back when you were a kid or even early driver... Like the have big the maps, Atlas. the Atlas maps that Absolutely. you would have in your uh, your side doors. Oh, yeah. I would have to print out the directions to anywhere new. When I was a brand new driver, 16 years old, this is what, 2005? 2004, 2005? So right. MapQuest, baby. MapQuest was the, the rage. And you would print them out and... <laughs> My problem came, normally I would go from the house to the new location in my F-150 and then come back. But whenever I needed to go from, you know, this destination to the next destination, I could not figure it out. So I would end up coming back home just to go back to the, you know, I only knew places from my house. So I would come back home between each stop and my parents would give me endless crap over this. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, I'm directionally challenged. And so I was definitely born in the right era. I'm so glad for Google Maps or Apple Maps uh, to get me where I need to go. I'd be lost without it.
0: So let's get into what's happened since we last met up for weekly catch up. Um, I'm assuming that we didn't discuss the white sand stuff the last time.
1: No, we did not. Okay.
0: I just took a 48 hour trip to the Sierra Blanca mountain range in New Mexico.
1: Yeah, how was that? It
0: was cool because I grew up going to Red River, New Mexico, which is probably just an hour south of the Colorado borderline. But I'd never really explored southern New Mexico. Um, I, this is going to sound dumb, but I was just outside of Mexico, Mexico. Right. <laughs> you know, They touch, actually. <laughs> so I went down to Alamogordo near Riodosa. Okay. Um, it's, it's just northwest of Carlsbad, if that rings a better nice. bell, but there's this beautiful mountain range, um, and they've just got cool casinos up there, and they, they have this really famous White Sands National Monument right next to Holloman Air Force Base. Okay. And so this is where they're, like, testing heavy-duty missiles for the military. They're doing, like, flyovers, you know, F-22 fighter jets. All of that stuff can take place in this, like, desert basin, basically, yeah. out there in the middle of nowhere. And I'd been really craving going to these uh, these white sands. I'd seen pictures of them. I think I was actually confused with, there's another white sands in Colorado, I believe. Um, but I made it to one of them. <laughs> so that so was you good. got
1: the Instagram pic.
0: The, the cool thing was that I was probably 50 miles from the sands coming in. And it's just this straight shot and kind of this desert mirage behind you. And you see this like, huge stretch of just like white land and you think like well I'm going to white sands like that looks like it's dead on the the money
1: yeah
0: and it doesn't it doesn't fail to disappoint it's awesome
1: yeah sounds incredible
0: it's really cool to see it from afar as well and then you get there and there's like 50 foot sand dunes and people are renting sleds and going down them and so I had a nice little meditation session on on top of one of the dunes and it got interrupted by a training exercise by the military. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: But Sam Harris has me pretty focused in on, I'm using his um, his waking up meditation course.
1: How's that been working out?
0: It's, uh, it's keeping me faithful just because, you know, he kind of dispels a lot of the meditation myths that I've struggled with or, you know, I used to get bogged down on you know, is my posture okay? Am I, is it okay that I want to sit in a chair and not on the floor or on a cushion instead of the hard floor? He kind of boils it down into like what you're actually supposed to be focused on. Okay. And as a result, I feel like I've gotten deeper meditative quality uh, using his waking up course uh, rather than just, you know, listening to Greek sounds on YouTube. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. No, that's great. I also
0: tried calm though too, which is probably the cons- number one consumer one.
1: I have also used calm. I use that whenever I am trying to go to sleep. Um, I have difficulty sleeping, so I just take some uh, melatonin, turn on my Calm app, listen to one of their bedtime stories and uh, conk out.
0: I've never heard of one of those. What happens?
1: When I take melatonin?
0: No, 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 Calm Bedtime Stories. Oh yeah, it's just 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 a person with a
1: nice rich voice and they'll tell you a bedtime story. And it's just having kind of that background noise and like a soothing voice to lull you to sleep. I find it helpful. It, it's, it's better than turning on the TV uh, for some background noise because there's no explosions or you don't have to worry about commercials or anything like that. Um, it's just like a nice soothing voice that typically lasts from 30 minutes to an hour long. And uh, I've just I've found it helpful. Interesting.
0: So you've graduated from the girl with long fingernails with her hairbrush like doing <laughs> right. yeah. ASMR. ASMR? ASMR. Yeah. Right. That is such a fascinating
1: thing. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah, they'll just take something crunchy and like chew it, and people find that calming, I guess. Or do the little tap, yeah, like you said, tapping of the fingernails. There's a
0: variety of. Or they whisper
1: like this.
0: (laughs) There's a variety of. I feel like some people, some people are kind of getting off on it, if you will. Some people are soothed by it. Some people are just, I guess, they need the hair on the back of their neck
1: to stand up. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) they need to feel something. What would you
0: do? Would you just be the guy with like the packing bubbles? And just
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just popping them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man, That I don't find any interest from it. So
0: you're lucky to all of those things. I feel like are things that I struggled with. Like really yeah, out of the womb, I was like, you know, a thumb sucker until I was, you know, 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, just all of the different habits that you can pick up. Like Packing, uh, the bubble wrap mm-hmm. packing stuff, love doing that. I love chewing pencils, uh, ice, uh, all the things that ruin your teeth as a kid. Right. Um, at one point, I had to have, I had five or six different orthodontist systems going on in my mouth at one point. Like, we're talking a herbst where my jaws were wired together. Wow. Uh, an expander, sealants, braces, um, everything. It was terrible.
1: Well, your smile looks great now. Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's just terrible. Uh, other things I did in the interim, I went to see Ari Shafir.
1: Oh, nice. How was that?
0: It was incredible. Was um, he
1: great live? Great, great jokes?
0: Oh, great jokes. And, you know, he, he was doing his Jew tour. Uh, so he, I feel like we have some things in common in some ways in that he was a, a heavy-duty Orthodox Jew uh, for the first, I think, 23 or 28 years of his life uh to the extent that like he was studying in Jerusalem. He was studying seminary in oh, Jerusalem. Wow. I have no idea. And uh so he didn't really become of this world until the last 20 years um when he became a stand-up comic and kind of departed the the Jewish faith. He's obviously still a Jew, but <laughs> he departed the faith and, and thinks that it's funny and kind of renounced some of those ways. So his ne- new hour that he's about to film for Netflix uh is mainly focused around like poking fun at certain Christian and Judaistic like overlapping principles or, you know, here's the difference between X, Y, and Z. And I don't know how much of this was regionalized because we're in Dallas, Texas. And he was doing, he he was assuming that he was playing to a largely Christian or Christian based, you know, crowd. Right. Um, But he was absolutely hilarious. He went on, he did probably 15 minutes of like Dallas specific, I felt like, or, or current event. Uh, humor All right. um, prior to going into his new hour. And so just great value for your money. He was absolutely hilarious. He comes in. We're in Addison, Texas at the Addison Improv. And he's there for one night only, two shows. So it's packed. Everybody you know, comes in. I brought a newbie, a guy that had never really been to a stand-up comedy show ever. Okay. And so I'm like, you're getting extra spoiled tonight going <laughs> right. straight to Ari Shafir, yeah. who will still say it like it is in 2019. And get away with it because he can claim minority status to a certain extent, but he, he milks that, um, he had some uncomfortable moments that he totally pulled off and they were absolutely hilarious. Um, but I'm bringing this newbie to the, the crew and this guy comes and sits down next to me. And he's a guy that if you, if you were watching us right now, you might not picture him and I sitting next to each other because I'm more of a clean cut, you know, preppy type kid. And he was kind of a uh, more of, Maybe a rule, (laughs) a rule type vibe like NASCAR hat, ZZ top beard, you know, um, the right to bear arms, you know, (laughs) like the the plaid vest with the arms cut off, boots, and he just sits back and he goes, "Hey man, you listen to all the podcasts?" (laughs) And I was like, "Yes, I do." And so we literally, it was so crazy because this guy and I, he brought a friend too who was a total newbie, never been to a show, didn't listen to any of the podcasts, so. He and my friend bonded. And meanwhile, I realized that up to 20 hours of the last week's media digest, I had shared with this, this particular guy. We were on the exact same page. And Ari would make specific jokes to things that you could only know about from being like that day relevant uh, or updated on a podcast. And 70% of the crowd got it. Wow. So it was kind of this weird nerd out fest, but absolutely hilarious hour.
1: Yeah, I thought you were gonna be like uh, the stranger sitting next to you was confused and asking where uh, Jeff Foxworthy was or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he was at the wrong show. Is this Bill
0: Engvall? <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: here's your sign.
0: Okay. Noah, um, uh, the most successful guy from that crew right now is uh, definitely. Is that Larry? No, no, no. no Ron, Ron, Ron White. White. Ron White is uh, he's the, probably the most successful tourer
1: right now out of all those guys. Yeah, for sure.
0: I feel like Foxworthy. Hung up his cleats a little bit.
1: So as far as uh, this stand-up set that you listen to, do you think there's gonna be several articles written on it where people are gonna be offended, you know, like they've been doing with Dave Chappelle and several of several of the other Netflix shows that have been coming out recently?
0: I, I think it's definitely possible. I'll put it this way, like coming out of Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, Louis C.K.'s mouth, it would be flagged, Rotten Tomatoes would not even feature it. A hundred percent. Okay. However, Ari Shafir has purposefully manipulated, I guess you could say, his, his persona, his public image. Like, he's very much set things up in a way where it's important to him to still be able to go to a music festival and, like, trip on shrooms and Molly and Acid and, like, be able to lay in the grass and no one knows who he is. Right. So, his social media following is all sub one million. Um, he has a flip phone he routinely disappears to Malaysia or remote portions of the world for months at a time. Oh, wow. He's just a real cool inspiration like that. and It was so cool because my friend, who obviously didn't know about him until you know he witnessed this stand-up hour, he offered to take a picture of Ari and myself after the show because Ari had said, hey, there's another show coming, so let's be quick. But if anybody wants a picture or anything, I'll be standing in the back. Oh, great. And I was really excited about that because, you know, Ari... Ari was on Rogan like two days prior to this and so I go up and I'm I'm geeking a little bit like I'm fanboying and at the same time like it's so important to me to not appear that way
1: (laughs) yeah I totally get what you're saying
0: to these people so I'm like hey Ari uh, great Ari (laughs) I'm just kind of bumbling so we take the... We look back. I look back at my friend. I see that Ari's smiling next to me. I see that he snaps two photos. I'm very... I'm just... My, my brain is exploding that I have Over the photo. Over the moon. Yes. And... So... I go to walk towards my friend. I just say, thanks, Ari, and walk away. And I see my friend looking at me at, with the phone still in hand. Kind of with this look of like... Just kind of almost regret in his eyes. And I was like, wow. Maybe they're fuzzy. Maybe they didn't come out. So... I grab the phone, we walk outside of the comedy club, I'm checking the pictures, they turned out awesome. Um, and he goes, we get to the parking lot, and he goes, dude, I don't even know if I should tell you this.
1: <laughs> oh no! And I was like,
0: what? And he's like, nah, I'm no, I'm not gonna tell you this. I'm like, tell me, what happened? He goes, man, right after the photo, he actually went to give you like this really genuine handshake and you just totally dodged no. it and like walked straight away from him. Oh, and no. he, he was like still hand outstretched looking after you. Yeah. Like it was as bad as you could imagine.
1: <laughs> oh. Wow.
0: And that ruined my entire drive home. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. You should have kept quiet. <laughs>
0: it was weird. Cause like, I see how you can get these, especially like girls get these celebrity crushes. Like, and you would do anything for that person. Mm-hmm. And in this weird way, you know, no homo here, but I was like, I let Ari down. Like, Man. he was going to give me the, the skin.
1: He came out for the embrace. Yeah. And you left him hanging.
0: So, anyway, great night there. Uh, Mark Norman was actually going to be in the club the next night. I really wanted to catch him, but I had other stuff all weekend. Had some family in town. We went to the Texas State
1: Fair. Oh, uh-huh. so. I'm going there on Monday with my students. I'm sure it'll be a different experience. Than what you have, I'm sure <laughs> I'll just be looking after a bunch of teenagers the yeah. whole time.
0: I was just dodging students the entire <laughs> <Yeah>. time, <laughs>
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, did you have any fried food or anything like that?
0: No, we went to Fletcher's and
1: got okay. the Fletcher's famous uh
0: corn dog, I guess. They, oh, nice, they're like the original, they've been doing that like 40 years out there or something. But
1: what was the highlight of the fair, would you say?
0: I literally went for the people, um, okay my my sister who lives up in the DC Virginia area she and her her boyfriend were in town for a wedding and she had a friend with her that isn't normally around so i really wanted to see all those people i yeah. i saw them three times over the weekend and so i just went to see them and pretty much paid admission to walk around with them and didn't honestly have a whole lot of fun <laughs> with anything in particular. like it texas state i feel like they pull back the offerings okay every year like you That's grew up going right
1: yeah absolutely so what you, I mean I feel like the. I have an entire I building been in several years because I was living in Maryland for a while um, and now I'm wondering if I was just if I'm just feeling nostalgic about it because I you know I would go as a student growing up as well and so I'm interested to see how I feel about it uh, all jokes aside whenever I get there on Monday Um, because I'm currently excited about it. I'm I'm happy to try out the new fried food and check out all the
0: cars at the car show. When was the last time that you were there? What age? Man, I
1: probably haven't been since. I mean, I went in college, but it was probably back in like 2012, 2013.
0: I was with you. You were. Um, Well, then you might, I think you're going to have more fun than I did, because I've made it out the last couple of years for various obligatory reasons, taking a new friend that's never been or whatever, but having gone I think it's a mix of what you were referencing like the nostalgia piece where I think if you're seeing if you're seeing out of a three foot five frame (laughs) lens everything is just amazing and I I think I walk around life disappointed now that I see things
1: (laughs) yeah and now you see those carnival rides and it's like there's no way I'm paying this amount of tickets to possibly die
0: I wasn't I never was allowed to do those growing up like the rationale, my parents literally explained it to us. They said, and it was this weird divide among families even <laughs> where it's like there were families that would ride the rides that moved around the country in the back of a 18-wheeler.
1: Yeah, set up in 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> they would, I would always say like, why can we go to Six Flags and do things that are way crazier? And they said, because those are inspected, those are bolted into the ground, they were meant to be right there. Yeah,
1: much more stable.
0: So- I'm walking through the midway on Monday (laughs) and there's this like small, it's like a peewee roller coaster, but you know, it's making a lot of noise as people are coming around this toboggan type thing. And I look down and the whole thing is just (laughs) scooting back and forth, like a little Ikea flimsy card table would. And it's just in these like quarter inch deep kind of mallet holes in like a, a plat that they just set oh there my. and the plat is going <laughs> ur, 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 just back and forth and i was like this thing is going to move right now
1: yeah hard pass
0: but it was the the fun part here's what i will tell you the fun part for me was uh so my sister's boyfriend is from germany right and he grew up in eastern germany like back when the berlin wall was like a thing like he was oh, wow. he was of age and noticed a significant cultural impact whenever the wall fell in 89, I guess. I think he was probably uh, five or 10 by that point. Um, But it was his first time ever at the Texas State Fair.
1: And what were his thoughts?
0: Well, he just walked around looking at trucks and buying everything fried all day (laughs) long. Um, You know, I didn't eat anything fried, but they tried fried lemonade, fried... I don't even remember everything. It It was kind of disgusting
1: to me. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's I, why we go. I'm not a
0: fan of all that. Oh, okay. I just like going to the expo halls and sitting in the Kitchen Craft
1: demos. <laughs> That's right. You, you didn't try out any uh, beds that they were selling or, you know, the as-seen-on-TV products that they typically have? No, man.
0: Like, the mattress firm uh, kind of center in the pavilion was actually next door to the Kitchen Craft, but <laughs> I, was, I was enthralled in a Kitchen Craft presentation yeah. and... Uh, they over at the mattress firm they were ringing a bell every time they would make a sale oh. and like they would make the couple that bought the mattress ring the bell and I, I kept hearing it and I look over and I'm like these suckers are like buying a mattress at the fair yeah. and there was this one couple where one of them was obviously embarrassed and the other was like ringing the bell uh, and they're totally into it <laughs> he was like hey just be quiet we'll yeah, pick it up yeah, at the yeah. end of the day Like, shut up we didn't do this <laughs>
1: Oh man, yeah, I'm trying to score me a nice little hot tub or something, fifty <laughs> percent off.
0: They used to have water in those things, and now they're just like unfilled, and it's yeah. kind of unsightly.
1: Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna get swindled.
0: The new thing is uh, these portable saunas, dude. They, uh, I actually did. I brought home a brochure. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh, there for, we go. You can get a, a full size, like full body sauna, uh, delivered to your home for twenty nine hundred dollars plus shipping which was about 400 and whenever I get a bigger place whenever I get a house whenever I'm an adult I definitely want to get one because they're saying that you know for inflammation and you know lifespan longevity all of those things that that is like so pertinent
1: wow yeah so if any portable sauna salesmen are listening listening currently uh please hit us up for a free product and you know we'll We'll put out your our first sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we'll give you a five star rating.
0: So I made a dumb. Que- I asked a dumb question to the the sauna salesman because uh, he he comes over and he's like, "Not as expensive as you thought it was going to be, is it?" And I was like, "You know, it's not. <laughs> Sell me your product." Wow. Oh. I'm like here I am. I'm like I'm jumping on the boat for you. I'm just a fish flopping around. Like put me in the cooler. Yep. So. I'm actually walking around, I get a brochure, and then I go, does your company do anything with cryotherapy too? And he goes, nope, we only make it hot. We let them keep it cold.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. I just felt dumb. Yeah. And so you just took the pamphlet and left?
0: I took the pamphlet and left because, uh, yeah, I don't recall seeing them in years past. And like, whenever there's like new waves of businesses that crop up, um, which – at the state fair, it's been the same BS arts and crafts, you know, caricatures, and you know, get your get your baby's name and like, <laughs> you know, replaceable letters yep. on this Jenga set, like, right. just crap. Uh, so whenever a new product is brought in, yeah, I'm I'm looking into it. But all about it. even even just in general, like, have you checked out? Have you seen this explosion of these axe throwing places?
1: Yes, it's become widely popular. I have friends posting about it all the time
0: yeah like in multiple in multiple markets like I had Baltimore friends, Dallas friends all over the country that were posting all of a sudden and I've never actually seen where you go to do
1: this. I haven't either I just know all of my friends went from laser tag to now throwing combat axes and uh, it seems it seems interesting. I just have never done it myself
0: Laser tag yeah. I, I used to get down on laser tag, but I always did you go to a, a specific like, it was specifically for laser tag.
1: Oh, absolutely. I didn't go to the ones that have, like, bowling and arcade games, too. I went... There's this place called Laser Quest, and I would go for my Ooh. birthdays, and it was a two-story laser tag obstacle course type thing, and it was amazing. I think that's really
0: fun. I, I grew up doing that, but it wasn't, like, a I feel like a main event, or, you know, they'd have a laser tag room off of, like, right. a larger entertainment center, but... Uh, When when it came, I did the airsoft stuff too. It's like a puka shell young adolescent.
1: (laughs) Wearing Abercrombie (laughs) fierce. A lot
0: of Route 21 going on back then.
1: You're like, guys, watch out for my leather bracelet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was back when I was legitimately asking my mom to bleach my tips.
1: (laughs) Oh, those were the days.
0: But I never graduated to paintball. I've never won some paintball ever. No? No.
1: I did it a few times at my friend's house. Like he he owned some property and we would do it there. The one time I did it at like a professional course, I was wearing a helmet and the way that I was running, I got popped right in the neck and it took the air out of me and I was basically done after that. I think I was a freshman in high school and I don't think I've done paintballing ever since.
0: Like you had a cherry explosion neck tattoo, all of a sudden.
1: Right, exactly, and yeah, just the couple seconds of not being able to breathe. I mean, I was fine after, but uh, I was just kind of over it at that point.
0: That's too funny. Yeah. What? So growing up, like you would go to Laser Quest. Oh yeah. For birthdays, what were the other one? One memorable year, my family rented me the rock climbing wall at. Uh-huh. I think it was Galleons back in the day. Okay. It's a Dick Sporting Goods. They have a 50-foot wall, and we got to go rock climbing, and that was, like, a highlight.
1: Yeah, for me, the other place was the Arlington Stadium, and, oh. uh, you know, we'd just be rollerblading Dude. around. Oh, yeah. Um, they'd make us do, like, the chicken dance in the center. Oh, yeah. yeah the hokey yeah. pokey. Yeah, yeah, the hokey pokey.
0: Yeah, I didn't get down on that as much, but the I, I was super competitive as a, a rollerblader. Yeah, like,
1: did you ever did you ever do the limbo? Like yes. Oh man,
0: I would normally not win the limbo, but I won the race every week for about ten years straight. Brett,
1: you seem like the type that would uh, just really be interested in in beating everyone else. It was it was like
0: my movie star moment, like that moment where you remember in the '90s movies, like the guy walks in the door and his hair is kind of, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. the wind is going just right suit is positioned just perfect where it's like he's muscular but thin but well fitted and, and
1: then it does a close-up of your skates and they're like gleaming <laughs> <laughs> disco lights
0: <laughs> no but that moment for me as a 10 year old was when I would win the race they would have the girl standing at a line probably 30 yards past the finish line oh. and I would never break stride but I would start coasting and I would just grab the airhead out of her they would give an airhead oh, for the winner. that's slick. I would just grab it out of her hand as I was going and continue doing laps, and I assumed that all eyes were on me.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, everybody else is, like, off to the side singing happy birthday to their children. <laughs> <laughs> there was only, like, five of you on the track to begin with.
0: It was a competitive field, dude. Yeah. I got oh, it. it was.
1: You were there, like, on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> It was nine the, to th- the place is empty.
0: It was 9 to 13. I was 10. <laughs> Solidly in the lower wow. percentile. Yeah,
1: you were definitely in the, in the high uh, percentile for your age bracket. Dude, I ended up
0: translating that. This is not something that I admit to a lot of people now, so I don't know why I'm <laughs> on this podcast per se. Here we go. I, I became an aggressive skater. Really? Yeah, like half pipes and all of that, grinding.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: you know, dropping in. Were you pretty that. good? Uh, I was, I was okay on skates. I could do, I think I could do everything except just the straight incline, the straight drop in, yeah. uh, that, that would scare the crap out of okay. me. But, uh, on a board I could only do up to like, you know, the 20 foot half pipes, Right. but I yeah. was never like the greatest note.
1: In college, uh, I took inline hockey as a an elective course instead of like a PE credit. And I loved inline skating. I got really good at skating backwards. And I thought I was amazing. And then I took a date ice skating. And that's slightly different. Uh, so I tried you know, showing off on this date and decided to start skating backwards and completely busted my rear end, was bruised. It hurt to sit down for like three weeks. And uh, I haven't tried skating backwards on ice since. I tend to get hurt at a lot of these events and then never try them again. Apparently yeah, I'm noticing that's a realization here. that I just now
0: had ice skating for the win though. I'm, I'm passionate about
1: ice skating. Oh man.
0: No, I very much like it. it's, I mean, is there a more romantic thing that you can do with somebody like, especially around the holidays? Probably lights. not, you know,
1: holding their hands on the ice. Yeah. Guiding them.
0: Falling on your face in front of oh, them. Oh
1: man. Just Humbling yourself. Wiping the ice from your cheek.
0: Uh, When I lived in Baltimore, uh, shout out to my friend Stacy. She was uh, one of my best friends up there. And there was this (laughs) pathetic little ice rink that they would put down in the Inner Harbor area Uh around Christmas time. And this thing was probably 30 yards across that it's like the fattest point of the the circle or the oval or whatever it was. And, you know, we would go out. We were pretty rowdy, proud and loud back then. And she and I just had this uh, kind of long term joke about who could win an ice skating race mm. and so now this is seven years ago she sent me a picture like last season of the ice skating rink and she was like bet i could beat your ass at this <laughs> <thing."> <laughs> oh, i was well. like that's a that's a tag right there like yeah. seven years after the fact
1: and so then i'm assuming you bought a plane ticket and laced up
0: no i i did go and see her but we didn't we didn't ice skate we actually came and saw you that, that weekend was,
1: oh okay yeah so Yeah, we did no ice skating. That was one of the,
0: oh my goodness, that was, so that was like some of our, uh, I guess not overlapping time, we didn't see each other by years uh, up in that area, but with my sister being up there, with you being up there, I was going up there and visiting old friends because they were all still kind of in Baltimore proper, the city.
1: Yeah, I had a nice little brunch out by the harbor.
0: It was beautiful, and then... We ended up, we we had a great time, but we we got too ambitious with a ball that afternoon. I did in particular. And I shattered a garden gnome on someone's front lawn (laughs) during a block party. Perfect. (laughs) Like we're talking potato salad, white, you know, red checkered tablecloths. And I just shattered this garden. I have this tiny little ball. I throw it like Derek, I'm doing a sidearm. My buddy misses it. And it just shatters this garden gnome, I mean, which was the size of the ball. It was perfect impact. Yeah. And a little girl comes out on the porch. She starts screaming and crying. She's like, Mommy, the gnome. <laughs>
1: That's like, like it's a fair family heirloom. My,
0: and there's a block party happening like three feet to my left. Yeah. And so I'm trying to explain myself. I'm so sorry. Can I Venmo you? Can I pay for this? And she goes, it was priceless. Ooh. It was an heirloom.
1: It was. Oh, I was joking.
0: And her her husband comes out and he's like, oh, man, just get out of here. Don't worry about this. (laughs) This this is fine. And he's like trying to like calm her down. And meanwhile, she's telling me like it was a gift. It could never be replaced. Yeah,
1: that man has been trying to get rid of that gnome for a long time. You did him a favor.
0: (laughs) Maybe not just the gnome. Anyway, um, (laughs) it was a beautiful new little neighborhood up there. um, But yeah, you're all packed up and moved back. We talked about your first home at. I was listening to the podcast over from episode one and thinking like, wow, you're seven, eight months out from calling a realtor.
1: Yes. Um, still looking at houses over in the Burleson area. Um, but it's been nice saving a little bit of money going from spending that amount back in Maryland to having no rent living with the parents. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking next year to be a family homeowner, get some of that, uh, Airbnb going during the summer so I can travel and make a little cash while I'm away.
0: That's what's up. Where are you pointing on? Are you, you've never like done long-form travel. You, I don't feel like you've ever... I have teacher friends that exploit their summers perfectly. Um, I have a friend out in California, uh, Sierra. She's a math teacher. Uh, real cool friend, an individual that is just jet-set around the country all the time. And she will go, I mean, she'll go for two months straight to Europe, you know, all over, or right. just she, she's very well planned with travel. And I have other teacher friends that do not spend the time that way.
1: Yeah. Um, the past few summers, I think the last three summers, I have moved every single summer. I moved from Dallas to Arlington, and then Arlington to Silver Spring, Maryland, and then from Maryland back here to Texas. So, I haven't had that luxury, but um, last spring break, I managed to go to Iceland, and that was amazing. Best trip of my life. Um, loved it there, and then this summer, I already have a trip planned to go to Greece, so I'm trying to make How the is best How's this the of first
0: it. time I'm hearing about this live well, on the air?
1: Got to keep things safe for the pod. Greece. Oh, yeah. Goodness. I'm excited.
0: Now, when you went to Iceland, um, I know a lot of people are like connecting to uh, mainland Europe via Iceland now, like, everybody's going to Reykjavik, Uh because it's, it seems pretty cheap to kind of do the hop over, but I'm, I'm seeing more people, like, stay in Reykjavik, and, like, you know, it's a destination. Did you go on a layover, or did you go as a specific intent?
1: I went there as a specific intent. Um, I stayed within walking distance of downtown Reykjavik, and stayed at a hostel there for 18 bucks a night, um, and, the owner of that hostel was also in an Icelandic metal band, and he invited me out to a show. And so I went to a show my very first night there and made friends, and I hung out with them for my, the rest of my trip, and I traveled around the Golden Circle and checked out frozen glaciers and waterfalls and geysers. It, it, was, it was incredible. It was amazing. A beautiful, beautiful place to be. I can't wait to go. Yeah, you need to get there quickly. I'm actually looking at going there maybe this coming spring break again. I would love to go back. You keep me posted on that. We'll Co-host. do. Co-host. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll make plans off air. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely want to go. I've had several friends recommend that. and um, I just love traveling. And I, I've also, I, I'm fascinated by those bodies of land that are like 60% of the way over. I, I did a, a group on trip. Uh, with a friend a couple couple years ago to the Azores which is uh, this cluster it's an archipelago okay it's this cluster of islands that's probably 60% of the way from a Boston to Portugal oh wow so if you think about it like you have to zoom in on your map if you're listening to this and you just google the Azores and then zoom out on the map it's indiscernible like you can't see it from you know (laughs) main google map but Uh, zoom in and there's like seven islands I believe and it's incredible like we were on an island that was 150 square miles and but it had three different climates three different vibes like around the lowest layer like closest to the water it was like a total European fishing village like little cobblestone streets and um I think they were using I think they were using euros yeah um but a total Portuguese vibe, like beautiful people, amazing food, welcome, you know, little cities. And you could go, I mean, this place was like a postage stamp, but you could go to Malt. They had nine villages, like nine little cities, yeah. all with their own little, like, uh, I guess, pride, if you will. Like, right. the, I, I saw a soccer team going from one to the other. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> home and away is like not that <laughs> right. far away. Yeah. But then you'd go to the middle layer, and it was um, this lush farmland where they had, what are the black and white cows called? Um,
1: Don't get me lying. I have no idea.
0: There's a special term. This is going to bother me. Um, there's a special term for the black and white cows. Here, talk amongst yourselves. I really want to know what this is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. We, uh, we're going to look up and see what those cows are. We're really intrigued by it. Holstein. Holstein cows.
0: There we go. Holstein Friesian. Black and white dairy cow. Okay. So you don't see those all the time. Like when you're going in West Texas or California and you see a big farm, like they're not normally those beautiful ones that you would right. see in like an old school photo or something. Or
1: like on a milk carton.
0: So these are, the the coolest things. so these are volcanic islands. So the entire island formed out of a volcano, obviously, molten right. lava and so they've taken all of those uh, lava stones, and they've fashioned all of the wayfinding and signage and, like, roads and, like, different uh, land, like, different fences, basically. Yeah. It's just this beautiful, like, dark volcanic stone. And then there's just the greenest grass you've ever seen. And then all of these black and white Holstein cows. And it's just beautiful.
1: That sounds incredible. Yeah. So you go to Iceland. I'm going to go there, and uh, we can trade pictures.
0: Okay, I see what you did there. Got you don't it. want to go anywhere with me. That's fine. <laughs> no, but then you get to the top of this thing, and you can hike to like you know these peaks that you know they were like these water gardens. Just you know elevation, like you literally are in the top of the clouds yeah. at the top of this uh, at the top of this rock. And so I would highly recommend going and checking out the Azores.
1: Yeah, Very cool. I have a question for you as far as travel. How do you feel, um, or the difference between traveling with a group? of people and then traveling solo? Cause I know you just went to New Mexico, that's not out of the country or anything, but do you have a preference uh, when traveling? Do you like to be on your own or traveling in a group?
0: I just got back from Europe for a week by myself. That's right, you did. First, It was my first time, so I can actually comment on this cause I've been to Europe, uh, I've been to Europe on a, a art history tour, um, on a family vacation, on a group vacation, of friends, and then by and myself. Then solo, okay. So I've kind of seen it all at that point. Like, yeah. um, it's funny. I like to golf alone a lot. Um, sometimes I'll golf with buddies that also like to golf alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's and so I, it's
1: like they get it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I compared golfing and traveling alone, kind of the same. Like. It's more fun to golf alone until you see the twosome that are like having a beer together and they're laughing at each other's and jokes. And not having and...
1: to ask strangers to take yeah. a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's how I felt in Iceland. I was just talking to random people on the road. I was like, can you take a picture of me while I stare off into the distance?
0: Yeah, try, <laughs> try to get my art direction, creative direction over in, you know, maybe across a language barrier, right. potentially. Um, and it's so funny because... The problem being a young guy traveling alone looking for a picture taker, a photographer, is that who takes the best photos? Women. Women. And not just any women. Like you're not going to go find you know, a 60 or 80-year-old grandmother to hand the phone to. A young woman. Young women that grew up optimizing for Instagram Absolutely. and Snapchat and whatever. I mean, you can. I'll extend this up to probably 45 or 50 now. Um,
1: that's being generous (laughs) okay okay
0: well so that's in our natural dating pool you know realm of possible person type situation so you kind of feel predatorish asking but you also want the photo to work out
1: yeah i was
0: in paris um i was on uh champs de elise the famous shopping boulevard there okay and i wanted to take a photo where I was kind of like below the sign that said the street name because it's very famous. I wanted to post that. So I asked this guy, to, I, the first guy I asked, he's like, no. Just kept walking. I was like, I looked dumb. I had to <laughs>
1: – Thanks for your honesty. I had to I kind of it.
0: pivot and act yeah. like I hadn't asked him anything because <laughs> right. some other
1: people – so. yeah. yeah, wait a couple minutes to where Try to look no, cool. uh, no other people around the area saw
0: so then I ask another guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, my friend. I'll do this for you. And so he grabs my phone. I'm just so appreciative, you know, traveling alone. It's the first conversation I've had in a day, you know, <laughs> right. since my last Uber yeah. driver dropped me off. Um, so he just kind of, like, points it and shoots, and he's like, there you go. And I oh, look no. at the pictures, and this dude didn't even try. <laughs> I mean, the sign wasn't in the photo. Oh, man. There is, like <laughs> – yeah.
1: Completely defeats the purpose.
0: It it was not. So I literally, thank God, this boulevard is long. (laughs) So (laughs) I walk a mile down that boulevard, finally find a nice young 25-year-old woman to take the photo right.
1: Yep. Anyway. No, and whenever I was in Iceland, I was taking a lot of video as well. I wanted to splice together a video of my time in Iceland. And so there were points where I was walking down the road, and there's, like, you know the sea in the background and um, I asked somebody I was like can you just hold my phone here and take this video I'm just going to walk across and then you can stop the video once I'm out of sight and the first person I did that to uh, you know it's basically the same thing like they didn't uh, press on my face you know so the, the light would fix itself and I was completely flushed and too bright and uh, I looked at it and I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is great, thanks. And I waited for them to, like, disappear out of sight. And then I had to ask another young female if uh, she wouldn't mind taking the video. And it turned out great. Ended up in my little montage that I made at the end. So I can completely relate.
0: What you have to do is just lay and, lay and wait. <laughs> not, to, <laughs> right. not to continue the Predator vibe. <laughs> I realize how terrible yeah. that sounds. But uh, I remember in Paris, I was at the Eiffel Tower. And I was, you know, across the main way from it next to all the fountains and whatever that building was. I couldn't read the sign. <laughs> um, Google, Google it. Um, I remember uh, I was <laughs> I was looking for somebody to take my photo, and I'd seen this girl that was, like, traipsing around. And she, the best thing to do is find somebody that's also traveling alone and then be like, can I take your – can we swap? Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway – I think that I found this, this person. And so I'm probably five feet out from her about to like raise my, like, Hey, you know,
1: you you want to swap? And then
0: the boyfriend runs in out of nowhere with the selfie stick. And he's like, Hey babe. And they go to pose and I'm like jumping out of the way and like trying to act cool yet again. But I did see actually there's some great photos. Uh, I think the best photos from that trip, Uh, that were stranger taken (laughs) were at that location. And it was this beautiful girl from London that was traveling alone. And we, she gave me multiple cameras to, you know, take pictures of her. She had like, not only just the cell phone camera, but a real camera. Right. So, you know, she was dedicated. Oh yeah. And she must've taken 20 or 30 photos of me from different vantage points. And perfect. We really did each other a solid there. Love that. And then we went our separate ways.
1: It was just like a beautiful moment and never saw her. Again.
0: Yeah. I'm like, you know, do you want to tag me on Instagram with these? Or So
1: if you're listening, <laughs> uh, refer back to our email.
0: I was in the green button down shirt and jeans. I'm sure you remember. Oh no. my goodness. Um, no, I would say there, there's pros and cons to both. Right. Um, I'm kind of, the older I get, the the less nonsense I will deal with. So I think the last friend group trip by the third city, like, first of all, I won't go in a group that's bigger than maybe six, eight, oh, 10 of the sure. coolest people. For sure. And then those people are highly selected. And like, even among those, we all know who the weak links are. And we're like, okay, yes. you know. It's on us to be the mature ones and lead this group in a non-dramatic way. Yeah. And we know who the col- and we know if this person falls, this person falls too.
1: Yeah.
0: I've seen that happen. My last time in Paris. Okay. There was there was a all out girl fight and I went to the second weakest link and I was like, I know you're mad, but she's crazy. <laughs> Pull it together. I know that you're better than she is. At least tell me that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, It's like, I want you to know, you're right. Let's move on.
0: No, but I would say, I mean, anything you can do in life together, do. Um, But, you know, at that time I was doing a lot of soul searching, you know, trying to decide how I wanted to spend my time moving forward. And interesting reflection on kind of that piece is that The traveling didn't help me. It didn't illuminate anything for me in terms of, like, Carson, you should go and, you know, do this type of job or start this type of company or anything like that. Um, I was kept busy. Right. You know, and since I've been back, it's the weeks where, you know, I haven't let a day go by where I wasn't supposed to be out of town or at a meeting or, you know, doing something. And the days where, you know, nothing has really cropped up on the schedule, those have been the most impactful days for actually plotting the future interesting like those are the days when urls are getting purchased when friends are getting contacted like hey dude what if we did this and you know x y and z and like you know the the creative juices are really flowing so i'm i'm actually in certain ways and i've had other friends advocate this but you should let yourself get bored you know lock your phone up Mm -hmm. you know don't schedule anything for the day because something might pop that day
1: love that love that sentiment um Yeah, I feel like a lot of people tend to eat, pray, love and, you know, go travel and find themselves. I think there's a lot to be said, like like you just said, um, to slow things down a bit and uh, not busy yourself up and just let your mind go blank and figure it out on your own. I went to Iceland right after I had told the school in Maryland that I would not be returning the following year. And... I also thought that that was going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to get, a, get this together. I briefly thought that I might take a master's course in Iceland and just move there for a little bit. Um, but it wasn't until I came back home that I was also able to you know just kind of reevaluate and totally enjoyed that trip. But it wasn't like the sole searching or sole finding that I initially thought that it would be.
0: That makes more sense now in in retrospect, because that was kind of a YOLO moment for you because you didn't have anything else lined up for quite some time after telling them that, like you just knew that you weren't going to be at that particular school.
1: Yeah. I just knew that it was time for me to part ways with them. And I, I considered Iceland. I considered moving to the West coast. Um, there, there were a lot it's of different It's the best audiences. coast. <laughs> right. Shouts to g and Blueface. That was Blueface, baby.
0: <laughs> Brad's favorite rapper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He
1: cannot rap on beat to save his life.
0: I, I think that's... The, it, it's like the near miss, he lets you go almost the entire line. You're like, this is going to be a miss. But I don't
1: feel like that was intentional. I, didn't, I don't feel like he intentionally rapped off beat in order to get famous. I think it... Just lightning in a bottle. I, I don't know. I don't know if it can be replicated.
0: Is that why he, are you saying that's why he got famous? Is because of that particular style?
1: He, yeah, he has like this spastic rap style. I, I cannot, and I've. It's know, definitely unique. Yeah, and, and I've talked with, you know, the ladies and they think he's a great looking guy too. So that, I'm sure that helps. I've
0: talked with you and I, <laughs> you think he's a good looking guy.
1: <laughs> I mean. He is. He is. <laughs> great smile. Keep it up, Blueface. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny.
0: Yeah, I think travel is a, a great palette cleanser between different chapters of your life. And you know, this was an opportunity where I knew there not often do you know in your own life like that there's actually a chapter change occurring. Right. And this one was crystallized for me. And that was I, that's my favorite thing. I love that. You know, if if I know a door is closed. I wish more doors would close because it's the open ones that mm-hmm. make me want to pull my hair out and stay up all night and, you know, rethink all of my decisions.
1: Right.
0: Um so when some when it gets, you know, kind of lodged firmly shut, that's that's perfect for me because I'm like, you know, there's a billion other doors. <laughs> so I was just excited to kind of know that and know that, hey, I could I could take a couple of weeks right now and go. I was totally trying to do the go find myself type piece. And really, I just saw some awesome portions of the world that I hadn't seen before, like Bath Spa in in the UK and Stonehenge. And uh, I think Stonehenge was an impactful thing in that, you know, I was standing at something that was probably one of the oldest things that we know of. Like, we're talking like 5,000 years ago. And The thing that I didn't know about Stonehenge was like the way that it was constructed with these berms around it. Have you been? I have not. So that you think it's just the stones, right? Yeah. Like that was all I was going for. And the thing that fascinated me more than anything was the the aqueducts or like the little moats that they had dug around the entire perimeter. Like this whole thing was like a a solstice, big human compass and some gnarly stuff went down there. Like First of all it's like the burial ground for 60 VIPs. You know, patricians right. I guess <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. But they definitely sacrificed some people there and this stone is, you know, faced such that, you know, the the sun comes across it at noon on this date, uh blah 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 casting this shadow for this sacrifice and they've got this raised berm where you could kind of envision people walking over and I don't know what was going on in the moat. I like to picture fire, <laughs> but I mean, it's a chamber. It's a sacred chamber. You just see, when you just see the stones, you're just like, Oh cool. It's a circle. Yeah. I but no when you see this, this other stuff. I mean, a 5,000 year old moat, it's still a berm. It's still all set up in that way. And so you see, this was a processional. Yeah. That was being led into the center of this, and when you think about humans having to, you know, move these stones five thousand years ago, these stones are like thirty tons. It, it's pretty crazy. No. Nearest river is two and a half miles away. That's insane. But that kind of thing is, and then seeing the the Roman baths in Bath Spa, um, I mean, these people, they had aqueducts and levers and levees and dams and dikes and all that this cold water would come up from this bubbling spring and they would contain it over here and then pump it over there. And it was just incredible. I would, I can't believe that they had that kind of engineering mind to combine like things that they were building out of brick in the city center yeah. with naturally replenished sources.
1: That's the, yeah, that's amazing. I am also putting that on my list. So trip number two,
0: sorry, I'm, I'm going too deep on no, each, no. on each leg of the journey. You're, I one, think. you're wonderful. Well, let's get into some current events. I know we've talked about what we've been up to since yeah. the last weekly catch-up. Uh, actually, this, this plays right into this. Um, the Amber Geiger case, that got yes. decided since we last met up.
1: And yeah, she got 10 years?
0: Yeah, sentenced like, to 10 years. and I mean,
1: she'll probably get off earlier. Maybe. Yeah. She She's was behavior, eligible sure. for
0: parole after 5.
1: Right. And then also the man that testified during that court case he was just murdered that
0: that was the biggest deal to me here recently because for just so this is kind of a standalone podcast if you've been under a rock for the last 18 months for sure um amber geiger was a dallas police officer who lived on the south side of dallas and went to her apartment one evening after a long shift uh, last year or the year before. It's been 18 months or more. Um, and she mistakenly, you know, the, this apartment complex is set up in a way that if you're on the third floor, maybe you think you're on the fourth floor. And, you know, a good percentage of the, the residents there had claimed going to the wrong apartment and even inserting their key into that, that door lock. So she's not the only one that this has happened to, but she entered an apartment that she claimed she thought was hers, and there was a, a gentleman, the resident of the apartment, sitting on the couch, you know, watching football and eating ice cream. And she shot him in cold blood. Yep. And I, I, it was just, it, it was kind of a, it rocked the nation, you know, 18 months ago. But then I feel like the, the real national news, the real national press really kicked up in the last month since the actual trial got underway. Which, I can't believe they already tried her. Uh, it seems really quick.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, she came in, the gentleman's name... Why am I forgetting his name at the moment?
0: Oh, Botham. Botham John. Yeah, That was yes. the other meaningful piece was that, you know, I, I've been to parties in this exact apartment complex. Like, it's a total... If you're in the Dallas area, it's, you've definitely been there or around there. Like, yeah. it's not off the beaten path. And he actually worked at PWC... PricewaterhouseCoopers, he was like a, an auditor or tax analyst or something that my, I had personal friends that had worked with him and oh. were heartbroken. And PWC Dallas, which is four blocks from where we're recording our podcast right now, they just unveiled like a new um, art piece of him in the lobby as oh, wow. a dedication. Um, but it this was not a situation where, it, yes, it was a, it was a white police officer and a unarmed black man type situation, but he did nothing to make her feel unsafe that we're aware of. Right. Um, granted, we've never gotten his side of the story or anything like that because, you know, she, she shot to kill uh, the disturbing thing to me. Let's just talk about what we learned in the last week. Okay. Cause I don't want to argue the merits of the case or anything like that. Like she's obviously irresponsible, should not be a police officer. I do think she should be in jail. Yeah. And I do feel like there's always been this other shoe waiting to drop on information because initially I, when the initial rumors were circulating, I thought I'd heard that they knew each other, that she'd been up there for a noise complaint or that they had hooked up or something had happened prior to that. And I just, her story, I have issues with the fact that she was, you know, diddling her married partner. Um, you know and just being kind of a crazy girl about it, it sounds like, like, yeah.
1: And I, I listened to the 911 call that she had made. Um, that's the most disturbing stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, honestly, I mean, she just didn't seem super remorseful. I remember her saying, Oh no, I'm going to lose my job, and it's like, You should not be thinking about that in that moment. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was due to the shock. If she truly didn't know what was going on. But either way, it just it just really makes my skin crawl.
0: It, it goes way worse than not remorseful. She did not render eight. When they oh, got yeah. there, she was pacing. Like, she was pacing in the hallway while he was still alive and bleeding out yeah, inside.
1: Yeah, not, not performing CPR. She didn't have any blood.
0: She had brand new gloves in her pocket that had never been used and zero blood on her uniform. And that tells me that as she realized that she'd made a mistake,
1: she did not go to help him.
0: She didn't render aid. He could have still been alive because when first responders still first got there, and you, you see the, did you see the uh, the um, what do they call it, body cam? Of I the, don't think I did. So the first responding officers were wearing body cams, okay. and she comes out and she was like, "I thought I was in my apartment. I thought I was in my apartment." Those were her first two sentences on the body cam
1: not help this man or yeah, sick, sickening.
0: Yeah. So that, that happened. And then the main, one of the main witnesses who I, I guess who he testified. had some video recording or something. He was a, I think he was a resident there. I think I he was a neighbor. So. Um, he winds up murdered two bullets to the body this yeah. weekend. And that, whoa.
1: They're saying it was a drug deal gone badly, uh Finally,
0: they said that yesterday. So it was, I get the sense that, like, City Hall Mm -hmm. found out that there was, like, a a John Doe that was murdered, and then they found the wallet or something, and, you know, oh, it's this person, but with, you know, the layers of bureaucracy and government and everything, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the medical examiner may not have pieced together that, oh, this is the person that just testified in this particular case, because there's cases going on all all over the place. But... They finally confirmed the identity and yesterday announced this news that three men had driven over from Alexandria to purchase some drugs and a fight ensued.
1: Yeah, apparently there was a dispute and they both draw guns. One of the drug dealers is shot and goes to the hospital and gives his side of the story and, you know, confirms that he is the one that killed him, um, but that he was defending himself.
0: Yeah, I mean, once the actual story came out, it, it pretty much checked out and made sense. However, I don't know if you...
1: It's f- just the timing of it all.
0: Oh, for three days, rumors were circulating, and people were kind of mum about yeah. the whole situation. And I, I remember having a conversation with my family over the weekend and saying, man, did, did the cops get him? Did right. he say something? Did he know something he wasn't supposed to? Were they protecting the thin blue line? Yeah, or It's
1: definitely a conspiracy theorist's dream.
0: Well, DPD tweeted out yesterday, uh, you know, the community activists and leaders who are making these false allegations about what's occurring here, like, stop. Like, it's really harmful Mm -hmm. to the credibility of us as an organization here at DPD and, like, you know, the actual investigation that we're we're going after right now.
1: Right. And at the end of the day, like, there was a life loss. And so you can believe what you want to at the moment, but also give it time to breathe and also just pay your respects to the dead. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, going around just tweeting about it or, or making a big deal and just throwing rumors around.
0: Yeah. I could see it from, uh, the narrative led itself to like, Oh, you know, corrupt police officer finning right. for one That's of what their we own. Would all- but I don't get the sense that, you know, they, they were rallying in support of Amber Geiger. Either she seemed, she seemed like she was leading a, a kind of irrational existence at the moment. Like just a lot of things don't add up, and uh, her Pinterest account was like, it was remi- it was MAGA reminiscent. Like her Pinterest, which that is not the social media channel where people are like, you know, God, apple pie, and country, yeah. uh, defend your guns, but. She had quite a few kind of police-centric posts on Pinterest that, you know, here's the thing. When you read them back in black and white, you know, after she's killed a black man, they seem really racist. Right. And if I wasn't discussing it in this context, it would be something that an aunt of mine, you know, (laughs) would share on Facebook on National Police Officers Day. But so much of the language that we use to prop one group up is there's veils in there, like there's other things going on sometimes.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it, it comes across super sketchy to me. I don't know. I don't really have any more words for it.
0: So the German boyfriend that we took to the Texas State Fair, he made a great point about this over dinner the other night because my family was discussing the case before um, they, you know, the cops came out with you know these three drug dealers from yep. Louisiana had to come over. He said. I don't understand why she was going home in a uniform and a badge with a gun in a car that gave her power. Like, she clocked out. He's like, why don't you go in your clothes to the police station and put on the clothes. Here's your badge. Here's your um, here's your revolver or whatever. Go do your job.
1: And then once and you're then, off duty.
0: He's like, firefighters aren't taking the you know fire truck <laughs> home with wow, the yeah. burlap, you know. Big hefty overalls, and I was like, "That's a great point." I think it only applies to certain beat cops. If you're writing traffic tickets, or you know, it probably applied to the mass working force of cops. But at a certain point, you're always a cop. You know, you're 24 hours a day. If you're an intelligence or a detective, or you know, if there's ever an opportunity where you've made such an impact on somebody by putting them in jail or putting a loved one in jail, that You know, they get out of the pen seven years later and want to come murder you, which that kind of stuff like retribution or revenge, then you always need to have a gun. No doubt. But I don't know. I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We need to quit taking breaks off of podcasts because episode one, the Dallas Cowboys were three (laughs) and (laughs) oh, episode two, they're three and two. Ouch. What happened here?
1: They are playing good teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: it's funny how like everybody was like they were supposed to win the first three games of the season. I, yeah, the fact I mean, that, I thought that
1: I thought they were gonna win the next two, but apparently not. Um, who who did they play? Who did they lose to first? The Giants?
0: Uh, no, 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 Sorry. the Saints.
1: Oh, the Saints. But which was a pitiful game without Drew Brees? St- yeah, like hasn't Teddy
0: Bridgewater won three games in a row or something like I, that? I believe so. They, yes. they were saying something like undefeated with Bridgewater. Yeah. Which is cool because nobody was giving him any props.
1: Not at all, and he's definitely stepped up.
0: And uh, he and the, the New York Giants uh, quarterback guy, um, what's his name?
1: Danny Dimes.
0: Yeah, he, he got a lot of flack after that first win, but then he won again, didn't he?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, he had a great game and then a poor game, and then I believe he did well this past week.
0: Who who do we have next? We have okay. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm... I I told the people I was watching the game with on Sunday. I was like, I haven't had this experience where it's not fun to watch the game because we're like losing and it feels terrible. Like you know, the last couple of games, that's just not been the vibe. And so I'm like, I forgot what
1: this feels like. Yeah, and then we had a brief moment against the Packers this past week where we thought we were going to come back, and it's just I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan and you've been one for a long time, you've been in this situation before. And we get our hopes up in the third quarter and completely blow it by the end. So,
0: a uh, fun callback to earlier in the podcast. So, Ari Shafir was in town specifically to go to that game. Oh, wow. And I don't know. I don't know what all was going on with that game, but there seemed to be a lot of celebrities out there because yeah, Ellen. Ellen was sitting next to George W., and that sense made a lot of news. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly
1: did. She had to apologize yeah. no, for she, laughing beside him.
0: She didn't apologize. She said, or, be, yeah, sorry. be kind to everyone. She's yeah. like, when I say everyone, I meant yeah. everyone. everyone. Yeah. It, he's become much less satan since Trump went into office, oh, that's yeah. for sure.
1: He's definitely uh, yeah. People are wishing even he was back in office rather than Trump. If you were not a Bush supporter, um, we play the Jets next or this coming week.
0: That should be a win, right?
1: You would assume. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, cross my fingers. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who who's sitting next to a Republican ex-president <laughs> at the next game.
1: Oh my. You just,
0: she couldn't even sit next to him and laugh.
1: Yeah, In, incredible. I mean, that goes back, I believe we were talking about cancel culture during our first episode, maybe briefly. But people just take everything out of context or just get so ramped up about really not that serious of an issue and uh, just try to get people out of here. I don't, I don't know what's going on.
0: You think it's starting to wear thin? In any pieces of, well, I guess that we have all the movements, which, you know, it seems like there's, I don't know. I don't want to get into all the movements to be honest with you, but, um, all the marches. I'm not a marcher. Are you a marcher?
1: I'm not. While I was in DC, I experienced a lot of marching.
0: On your way to brunch. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. I see, I see marchers and I'm like, okay, time to go to the golf course. I was
1: accidentally a part of a march just from... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, walking down U Street. You're like, I
0: accidentally looted a car and set a business on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that spells trouble and, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, all the movements, I think. I mean, I,
1: I believe it's great that they're yeah, using that sure. right rather than resorting to violence, for sure.
0: For sure. And, I mean, we're two white guys, so. I, what fan, do we know? I fantasize about this podcast getting so big that it could get canceled.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get hate mail Can't and imagine hate that. tweets. Yeah, cancel me.
0: Can you imagine trending for anything? Oh my
1: goodness, <laughs> humble Brad with, with a V for <laughs> Br-
0: Brad. <laughs> humble- oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure people listened to that first episode and they were like, what the...
1: Yeah, that's okay. I, I made it specifically difficult to find so my students wouldn't find me, but we see how well that turned out.
0: Um, you know, in looking at Ellen and G-Dub in the, the box, G-Dub is looking significantly older since his parents passed.
1: Yes, for sure. Did you notice,
0: like, overnight, it seems like he aged considerably.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's due to stress anything, but it just seems, like you said, just rapidly, um, he's looking a lot more like his father.
0: Well, his father died, so...
1: <laughs> looking a lot like, wow. like his father did.
0: <laughs> wow. Dude, uh, I mean, as long as he's not looking like Jimmy Carter. Have you seen the photos of... Oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, he was, he was
1: helping out recently, right? Like, nailing something.
0: Yeah, he's built nailing something good good for him yeah jimmy carter was nailing something (laughs) he was for habitat for humanity which you know i don't think it was you and i talking about this the other day i think i was actually talking with my grandmother or something but habitat for humanity was like so i'll I'll be honest when i heard that jimmy carter who didn't seem to be a a very effective president like no one raves about his time in office when i heard that he was the big habitat for humanity guy i was like Well, sure. Way to pick the main one and just go build a house, (laughs) dude. Like, they got everything all set up for you. Like, Uh but what I found out was he's been doing that so long, like 35, 45 years at this point, that, like, that was the charity that was fledgling and that he adopted and put on his coattails. And actually, it rose to, like, a lot more prominence. So, Habitat for Humanity would not be a household name without Without him. But he's built, like, four or 5,000 houses now. and And, but he's got one of those, uh, he had an eye patch, <laughs> he had a, a an eye bandage on, and then you could see like, he looked like Joe Biden during a debate, like his <laughs> eye had exploded, and there was a black eye underneath oh. that, and he's still out there with a hammer. Yeah, but he
1: has a good, he has a good reason for it, rather than Joe, but uh, yeah, he was out there hammering away and giving back to the community. It was great to see.
0: <laughs> so put all these entendres with you.
1: Just Listen, they're, Jimmy
0: Carter is they're,
1: they're happening to me rather than me happening oh, to them. Oh okay,
0: okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Okay, so we got one ex-president uh hammering away, one watching Dallas sports teams lose in boxes next yeah. to Ellen. Another one is watching his wife go back on all the on all the big programs and you know talk about her new book with Chelsea and right. they just made the media circuit and then Obama just celebrated 27 years with his yeah. with his wife they're so cool together
1: they are great photo
0: and then we have Trump who is going to depending on how you look at it could be a soon to be former president of the United States it's,
1: it's possible
0: i'll tell you The only way that's going to happen is if he gets voted out either next year or the following term, obviously, because. um, Now,
1: the White House just said they're not going to comply with the.
0: That's where I left everything off. So, like, the impeachment's happening. You have this text message where the ambassador is like, are we seriously withholding aid in exchange for an investigation? Like, I don't recommend this. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and then the other guy is like call me <laughs> literally <Yeah. laughs> so we have all that and the guy who is more than willing i think the guy who was like not comfortable with any of this who resigned and then made himself super available and was called to the hill and got blocked like he's still like i'd love to do this at some <laughs> point but right. that's where i left things off like how did they fire back
1: um you're talking about the white house how did they fire back no no no
0: i i guess i'm talking about shifty shift and the lefties <laughs>
1: um i mean i i've just seen a bunch of twitter rants about it you know being like well this is infringing on the rights of the people like the white uh, th- these rules are set up in place so the white house is not allowed to do this, this is a, um, the white house saying that they are not going to comply is exactly why we have and created these particular rights so the people can step in whenever they don't agree with what's going on with the president and the decisions that they're
0: making. Yeah, I'm you take a 24-hour break and you just don't know what the latest stuff is cuz I know he's in the he's in an impeachment inquiry. All of this happens, the transcript is out from the call, you know, he asked China to now investigate the Pythons. He's like doubling down. Yeah. And they're dredging up all these old calls and I think the big narrative right now that I keep hearing is okay, if you think that you have the votes, just put this to a vote to see if it'll pass through to the Senate because right now this is in the House, which is the first stop. If it passes there, the real trial is in the Senate where anything could actually happen. So they're like, okay, you want to do this? Like, hold the vote. They're like, no, we're just going to inquire about it right now like they've been doing for years now. Like, this is not – I don't think this is a democratic – This is not their first avenue that they would want to go down. I think they would just like to win next year fair and square. I feel like even amid all of this, that looks less likely and less likely because the Democrat candidates are like on death's doorstep. Like Biden's eye is exploding. He's telling people to listen to the record player. And Uh uh, Bernie is (laughs) literally... Heart attack. Did I miss a heart... I saw... That he was like sick or something, and then a couple days later, I just saw on the caption. Heart attack. She. What day did that actually happen?
1: Uh, It happened over the weekend, I believe.
0: And so, um, where was he? In in Vermont or on the on the trail?
1: um, He, I believe, he was campaigning. He had his heart attack, and now he's planning. I was reading an article that said he's still planning on campaigning, however, he's going to be taking it slow, <laughs> which, <laughs> that's great, Bernie.
0: happy for you. Not intended for those yeah. who may become pregnant or president. I believe he was feeling
1: <laughs> some type of burn in Dude. his chest.
0: Oh, man, that, this is going to kill him. And he just Literally. got rich. He just <laughs> got that book money, baby. Yeah. His wife just started These swindling money to be in. his
1: best years. Ah,
0: the point's been proven, Bernie. Like, you're not a contender this go-round. Like, the movement that you're continuing to propagate, which I love, you know. I I like Bernie. This is not not anything against Bernie. I think in a perfect world, if we had to strip certain things away. And really, listeners should go listen to his uh, Joe Rogan podcast because he talks about a lot of precedents that have been set up you know, in the past where he's like, I just want to continue that precedent with a different percentage amount. But like yeah. these these ideas have not always been that radical or crazy. But, um, you know, there's no, he's not commenting on actual tactical items. Um, like I'm prepared to step in and serve right now on yeah. this particular issue. He always defers back to his, we need a movement. Mm-hmm. We need millions of people, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. And if you truly believe that, I mean, his his time is coming. It's time for him to... Turn a lot of his following to support somebody else who has the same principles and, and beliefs as him um, and pull all those votes together to actually be effective and do something.
0: I'm sure that he feels caught in the middle because, you know, he, he ran spoiler in a lot of people's minds for Hillary last go round. And now, when he is tasked with turning around and inevitably throwing support behind a candidate. That person's obviously going to be Elizabeth Warren because right. they're they're more eye to eye and, than Biden. And I think, oh yeah, for sure, Bernie. Bernie is still completely sound of mind. I think Biden's mind is going out, and his body still looks yeah. hey, dapper. I'm going to come smell your hair. Yeah. What's going on? You know, <laughs> my
1: goodness, yeah, you cannot trust that man with a microphone.
0: Meanwhile, Bernie is you know sound of mind. You know he's you know yeah. cool dude, uh, but his body is giving out but for he's sure. going to have to choose Elizabeth Warren and if that if the poll numbers don't reflect that she's the front runner at that point
1: it's going to be hard to give that support i'm
0: sure he's going to feel like oh, <laughs> what what's going on with me in politics in this country recently like yeah. i keep getting put it between my uh, rock and a hard place basically
1: yeah. between running for president and the hospital <laughs> sorry <laughs>
0: You just saved all your jokes for Bernie, didn't you? Just gonna clown on this old man.
1: I'm I'm just now getting into my groove, feeling great. My coffee's kicking in.
0: Oh, as long as if we can just get, uh, I'm not a Kamala. Fez. She has come across as so two faced throughout this entire process, like playing her hard nosed prosecutor past off of like like she changes that narrative so so constantly. She's a shapeshifter or
1: something. Yeah. Do you think it's just? Do you think it's because she's been unreliable with her facts from the get-go or do you think it's because she's trying to appeal to a larger crowd and so she keeps telling and like twisting stories around to, uh, to get more people
0: on I'm board? I think that um, the, the old way, the old ladder to success that a lot of these people adhered to suddenly doesn't apply anymore. I mean, she is a success story and a half. If half the stuff that she says about, you know, her her civil rights past and busing and, you know, disadvantaged, you know, upbringing and all of these different things. Like, she's the first so many things in the state of California. Like, first woman attorney general, um, you know, she ran the largest criminal division uh, outside of, like, the the federal um, system, you know, because California is so huge. She's a very accomplished woman that put a lot of bad people in jail. Um, Sounds like she also might have put some not so bad people in jail. I I don't have enough information to really speculate on a lot of that. But I think that now she's being called to task for, you know, her lack of leniency as she's courting the black vote, especially. They're like, hey, you put a bunch of us in jail, essentially. Like you, you prosecuted a bunch of crimes that we all deem are pretty irrelevant now. And I think the big strike against her was that she put people that were marijuana, um, they, they, you know, they had a arrest. Yeah. uh, Users or sellers, you know, they had marijuana on them. They were arrested for possession. Um, She put those people away. And then when she was asked if she had used marijuana, you know, she laughed and it, it was different things like that where you can just, just picturing it, you're like, Oh, you know, it, And she's struggling. It comes
1: across very gross.
0: So I think she's having to unfairly walk. I think they're all having to unfairly walk back certain actions or time periods where at the time they were probably doing, you know, the best thing that they knew how. And now it's no longer, you know, socially expedient or a a positive thing. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is calling for the abolition of prisons.
1: Yeah.
0: Like... Completely, apparently.
1: <laughs> I don't, yeah. And when you, when you know give these conservative that, talking
0: heads that kind of ammo, they're like, sure,
1: let, let the let child predator
0: or the murderer come live next to you and see how you like it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And it also goes back whenever we were talking about technology earlier and just how that has been a game changer. I mean, now everything that you do and say... Is being recorded in some form or another. So there's a tweet out there, or a voice recording, a phone call, something that could potentially take you down. And you could have been, you know, uh, saying something in jest, or just something off the cuff that you may not truly believe. However, they they're, they're going to come at you uh, regardless of how you meant it, um, and it can definitely definitely take you down.
0: Yeah, I- isolation technology tools, you know, isolate that audio uh, could right. bring a lot of people down. Um, it, it's almost like for people that were raised with a, a big invisible friend in the <laughs> sky, you know, that you were never actually alone. Um, you know, God is always watching you. It's kind of like, well, Alexa is definitely yeah, always watching you now. and watching. It's like, <laughs> we'll come up with a conscious by <laughs> 2020 with technology.
1: Yeah, don't worry. We'll have robots. <laughs>
0: Well, B-Rad, I have one last thing on my agenda here, but I'm going to probably skip it for this podcast because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the, the UFO rage. Here. Oh, yeah.
1: We'll definitely need more time to discuss that.
0: Yeah, because they just had the Area 51 raid. Yeah, we'll get into that in episode three, but greatly enjoyed catching up with you for our weekly catch up here.
1: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure and you know we're grateful for every listener that we got and hopefully you enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. Please uh, send us your feedback. Uh, we're both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Carson C. Gibbons and on Instagram at Carson Gibbons. Please send us feedback for the show.
1: I am on Instagram at Brad Colvin and Twitter at HumbleBradBRV. B-R-V-D. Hey,
0: <laughs> one of those is normal. Yeah. Nice little first name, last name action. Yeah, <laughs>
1: hit me up on Instagram. <laughs>
0: Hit him up on his corporate account. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, you can check out the show at weeklycatchuppodcast.com. Thanks, everybody.
1: We'll catch you up next week.